President Calvin Coolidge gave perhaps what is the world's most elegant description of perseverance when he said, press on. Nothing in the world can take the place of persistence. Talent will not. Nothing is more common than an unsuccessful man or unsuccessful woman. Genius will not. Unrewarded, unrewarded genius is almost a proverb. Education will not. The world is full of educated derelicts. Persistence and determination alone are omnipotent. I talk to people all the time who believe success in life is dependent on talent or brilliance or education. Far too many people think that making a mark in life is dependent on getting the right break, knowing the right people, or being born into the right family. But true success, the one quality that sticks out above it all is persistence, determination, staying with the task and never ever giving up. I think of Orville Peterson, a decathlete who represented the United States in the Olympics in 1984. After the first day of competition, Orville held a solid eighth place. But on the second day, during the 110-meter high hurdles, he pulled the muscles and ligaments in his thigh. But he didn't give up. He kept on competing, first in the discus, and then somehow he managed to pole vault 12 and a half feet through a javelin 206 feet. But despite his heroic efforts, he was in 14th place going into the final event, the 1500 meter run. Everyone was wondering how this guy with pulled muscles in his leg was going to make it around the track four times. Everyone that is but Orville. Orville wrapped his leg as tightly as he could and made a promise that he was going to finish the race no matter what. And it didn't take long to realize the pain that we, he was in. Sure enough, when he made the final turn, everyone else had finished the race, but Orville kept running. Refusing to quit despite the pain, he limped toward the finish line. By the time he got there, the crowd realized what was going on and they started to cheer him on. Fellow contestants lined the track and started screaming. And over the loudspeakers surrounding the track, this, this song began to play. It was absolutely amazing. Suddenly, Orville's courage filled the entire Coliseum as they got caught up in the moment. And it became the biggest story of the Olympics. Forget the world records, never mind the medal count. As Orville Peterson ran across the finish, towards the finish line, those last few yards, the announcer said these words, never ask for victory, ask only for courage. For if you endure the struggle, you bring honor to yourself, but most important, you bring honor to us 
all. You may be thinking, okay, Jeff, what's with all the talk about running? What's with all the talk about sports? Well, it's because, are you guys okay with this wind hitting this? Can you still hear me? Because it's driving me bonkers. All right, I'll keep going bonkers. If you can't hear me, Karen, go like this. And uh, All right, I hate those things, but we'll do it. All right, we'll go this way. Yes. There we go. All right. Well, why all the talk about running? Because we're going to talk about running today. Not the pound the pavement kind of running, but the running that the Bible talks about. All throughout the Bible, a believer's walk in God is never portrayed as a stroll in the park. It's never portrayed as a quiet walk in the moonlight. But for a Christian, their walk is described as a race. The verse we covered last week, the Hebrew writer writes, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Paul told the Corinthians, do, not, do you not know that a race, in a race, all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. He said to Timothy, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. In a sense, Paul assumes the role of a track coach, and he pleads with those who have started the Christian race to make sure they keep running until the final gun sounds. Philippians chapter 3, I've got it on your outline there, I believe, verses 13 and 14 says this. Let's read this together. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining towards what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. Take a moment, get a picture in your mind of a runner sprinting down the track, straining, stretching, leaning towards the tape at the finish line. All track terms Paul uses. I strain, I press on, I look ahead, I keep pressing, I want to win the prize. Now get this, those were words written by a man who knows more physical, knew more physical problems than you and I combined. He had a horrible disease that affected both his appearance and his eyesight. He'd been thrown in prison, beaten with rods, stoned, left for dead, shipwrecked, abandoned, and even robbed. His body was so often bruised, bloodied, and broken, yet he still reaches for the tape and says, I'm going to press on, I'm not going to quit, and I'm not going to let you quit either. I want to point out four significant steps for you and I to be like Paul 
Boy, we are just getting it all today. What is that guy? All right. Four steps for us to be like Paul and run this race with perseverance until the finish line. The first one might surprise you. He says, to persevere, face your faults. Verse 12, he says, not, only, not that I have already obtained all this, all what? Well, you got to go back to verse 10 where he says, I want to know Christ. Paul says, that's my goal. That's the driving force in my life. I want to know Christ. But then verse 12, he says, but I haven't gotten there yet. Boy, I wish I was there, but I haven't gotten there. He says, not that I've already attained all this, or I've already been made perfect, He's saying, because I'm not even close to perfection, I'm trying. But he says, I press on to take hold of that which Christ Jesus took hold of for me. Now, this is huge. Because by the time Paul wrote this letter, he'd been running the Christian life for 25 years. He was a veteran missionary, a Holy Spirit-inspired writer of Scripture, an impassionate preacher. He had single-handedly spread Christianity throughout the known world. And yet by his own admission, he says, I'm not perfect. I'm not perfect. I don't know about you, but that gives me comfort to know that Paul wasn't perfect, and neither am I. I've got a long, long way to go. I'm beginning to understand something more and more that far too long in my Christian life I didn't understand. Hear this. God doesn't expect me to win the race. He just wants me to finish the race. God doesn't expect me to win the race he just wants me to keep on running and to keep on persevering until the final gun. Because just finishing at all when you're in Christ means you win. No matter what, you finish the race, you win. And knowing that Paul wasn't perfect, knowing that Paul had his weaknesses, knowing that Paul had to strain to the finish line keeps me going. Keeps me in the race. And this may upset some of you, but listen. There was only one perfect, sinless person who ever lived. And you're not him. All right? You're not him. Turn to the person beside you and say, you're not perfect. Yeah, none of us are perfect. And although we strive for maturity and our goal is to be like Christ, you and I are still human beings. We all have imperfections. You have imperfections. I have imperfections. And just being able to admit that will keep us pressing on, will keep us reaching for the prize. Another crucial step to persevere. Forget the former. Forget the former. Paul puts it, forget what's behind. That word forget doesn't mean you no longer remember, but it means you're no longer influenced by what happened in the past. Paul says, I am determined to reach my goal. 
of knowing Christ and advancing his call, and nothing is going to stop me, not even my past. Someone has said the most tiring exercise in the world is carrying yesterday on your back. The most tiring exercise in the world is carrying yesterday on your back. And that's so true. Yesterday is a canceled check. You can't get it back. So we need to stop wallowing in it so that we can continue to run towards the tape. Paul knew the power of the past. He had a past that needed to be forgiven. Remember, he was a murderer. He killed Christians as a hobby. In his own admission, he was a blasphemer. He was a persecutor, a violent man. He even once called himself the chief of all sinners. And yet, with a record like Paul, you got to think that sometimes he thought, after all I've done, how can I count for God? How can I make any difference for God? And maybe that's where you are sometimes. If I could sit down and talk with you just one-on-one over a piece of, let's say, key lime pie, that's my favorite, and we sat down and we talked back and forth for a while, you might say, Jeff, my past is killing me. My past is killing me. After all the stuff I've done, how could someone like me ever count for God? Now, I understand Because if we're not careful, we can let our past hold us back, thinking that today is not going to be good until yesterday gets better. But that's not going to happen. What's done is done. What's happened has happened. You know where I've learned this lesson the best? I'm going to take this golf club. No. No. Oh, he's coming in here to clean? Wow. On a Sunday. Okay. I'm learning this lesson the best today. All right? We know I've learned it the best. How many golfers we got? Or want to be claimed to be golfers? Where I've learned it the best, this lesson of forgetting the past is on the golf course. It's amazing. A simple golf swing is so routine. So routine. I can step up to the number four tee, and I can hit a drive 250 yards straight down the middle of the fairway. I can do that. But then I can step up to the number five tee, take that same swing, and that little demon-possessed, oversized white marble of a ball will go five feet from the lady's tee. Explain that to me. It's the same swing, it's the same golf club, and yet that ball decides to only go about 25 yards. Someone said this, God causes more self-torture, golf, excuse me, causes more self-torture than any game short of Russian roulette. Then he adds, 
the quicker the average golfer can forget the shot he just dubbed and concentrate on the next shot, the sooner he begins to improve and enjoy golf. Life like golf is humbling. However, little good comes from wallowing in the last shot. The next shot in golf is always the big one. The next shot in golf is always the biggest one. And man, that's true. Not only in golf, but in life. You gotta forget the last shot. And I understand everybody fails. Everybody fails. And the next time we fail, though, we make sure we fail forward. Whatever you learn, learn from your mistakes to let them go, forgetting the former and moving ahead. Someone said, life is a lot like driving a car. It's wise to check the rearview mirror every now and then. But the rearview mirror is only there to glance at and not stare at. Staring at where you've been will only land you in a ditch. Third step, and going for gold, focus on the future. Paul makes a point of this. Not only do you forget what's in the past, I mean, if that's all you do, you'll have amnesia, and that'll be about it. But you've got to strain towards the future. You must forget what is behind, Paul says, strain towards what is ahead. And that word strain pictures a runner. You watch runners in a race as the um, Olympic trials are going on in track, if you've watched any of that, as they reach the tape, the finish line, they strain, they lean forward as they finish. That's what Paul's talking about. The older he gets, the more he's straining towards the finish line. I'm going to push the envelope, he says. My life is a passionate drive to know Christ. I'm not going to shift into neutral. I'm going to live every day as its fullest, Paul says. The challenge of perseverance is not only must we release the past, release yesterday, but we have to squeeze every ounce of energy and life out of the day God has given us. Don't wait for life to happen to you. You happen to life, Paul would say. Then finally, he would say, fight to the finish. Verse 14, he says, I press on towards the goal to win the prize, to win the prize. And he says that while he's sitting in prison. He says that while he's sitting in prison. I press on to win the prize. His supporters are thinking, how in the world? Those back in Philippi are thinking, how can he be so positive when he's sitting in prison in a dungeon? And Paul's sitting in dungeon saying, life doesn't get any better than this. Praise God that I'm here. God has never been so good. He said, I'm chained to a guard, two guards, 24-7. Every three hours, they bring two new guards in. Now, if Paul's chained to a guard, that also means the guard is chained to who? To Paul. And Paul's saying, it doesn't get any better. Every three hours, he gets to quote scripture to two new guards, sing songs, talk to them about Christ. And he's making a difference. 
In chapter 4, it says, believers are being found all over Caesar's household as these guards keep coming to Jesus because they're chained to Paul. Paul keeps pressing on, even in jail. He says, I've found something that God can use me for. Get this. There is no great accomplishment without there being equally great adversity in life. There's no great accomplishment without there being equally great adversity in life. I look at Northside Medina. When we established and when we got rolling and God was blessing and God was moving and then COVID hit. And I'm convinced in my heart you'd have to do a lot of convincing to get me to think otherwise that Satan wasn't behind COVID in our world. I just am. Because of the struggles in life and the struggles of the church because of COVID, but yet God's prevailing because we're pressing on. But as a result, starting and launching a church never in the history of the world has been harder than the last two years. And yet here we are, here we are, pressing on. And we're going to continue to be here in the park through August. We will meet right here a couple times. um, I think July 24th will be on the square on a Saturday night for a worship night. And that will serve as our worship service for that weekend. And then August 15th, we'll be back on the square Other than that, we will be right here. Again, rain or shine, we're going to worship God. Be in prayer because we've got some hurdles, but we're going to continue to press on. We're looking for different opportunities uh, where we can establish and worship once September hits. Little things are opening up. God's moving, um, but we'll let you know when we get there. But we are not finished All right, we are not finished with what God has set out in our hearts to do for his glory and for his kingdom. There's no plan, there's no plan B. And you're not going to be the grand exception to the rule that no matter what happens in life, there's going to be difficulties, but you must press on. I think of Admiral Perry, who failed to reach the North Pole on seven different trips before he made it on the eighth trip. Willie Mays, who didn't get a hit for his first 26 times at bat, but on the next trip to the plate, he had a homer off Warren Spahn and is a legend today. Benjamin Franklin was a poor mathematician. Albert Einstein was expelled from school and labeled mentally slow. Babe Ruth, yeah, hit 714 home runs, but to do it, he had to strike out 1,330 times. Henry Ford went broke five times, but he finally built his first car, and when he did, he forgot to put a reverse gear in it. But Henry stuck to his dream. And we are beneficiaries because of it. A young employee once asked for the secret to his success in life. And he said, when you start something, finish it. When you start something, finish it. I love stories like that. They pump me up. And so does the story of Paul. 
that all that he went through, he kept pressing on. And because he did, you and I are able to worship today. Paul said, I consider myself nothing unless I finish the race to complete the task God has given me. Finishing is all that matters and finishing well. He says, I'm not giving up. In chapter 1 of Philippians, verse 6, Paul wrote this. Be confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. He who began a work in you will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. In other words, whatever God starts, God finishes. God doesn't leave you out there on a limb. He's not going to cut you off. God doesn't build his home in us to move away. God says, you do your part, and I'll do the rest. I'll do the rest. So I got to ask you, before we finish, how you doing in your race? How you doing in your race? Some believers barely get out of the starting blocks, and they're ready to throw in the towel. Others get a little further down the track, and then they get tired and distracted, and they run out of gas and just drop out of the race. Some start with a flash, make the headlines, but burnout happens. Or they get filled with pride because the race is all about them and not about God. And the enemy attacks and pulls them up, pulls them up lame. But thankfully, thankfully there are those like Paul who just keep their eyes on Jesus. From the blocks to the finish line, he is their inspiration and passion. Even though they may have hardship and they may have loss, they may have discouragement, they may have fear, they may have heartache, they may have heartbreak. They refuse to give up. They refuse to walk away from the race. They keep running. They keep fighting. They keep believing. And for that believer... For that man, for that woman, for that young person who keeps running and running and running until the finish line, there awaits for them in heaven a prize from God. Jesus himself said, be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Be faithful unto death and I will give you the crown of life. Father, we thank you so much, God, that you give us hope in this world. Oh, God, the race is long. The race is hard. So many hurdles. So many obstacles. But, God, I pray that we keep running. We keep running. We keep fighting. We keep believing, God. Let everyone here, God, finish. Because when they finish the race, God, there is a crown of life for all eternity that they will be in your presence forever. 
forever. Help us, God, to keep our eyes on the prize, to keep straining and straining towards the finish. Because when we finish, we win because you have already won the race for us. Thank you for Jesus. Thank you for Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen.